I'm Michael Sean Harris, and you're listening to Mike's Moment Of, a weekly podcast in which I, along with my guests, share our various interests in moments of inspiration, truth, life, technology, culture, and more. I hope you're entertained and informed, and that you feel inspired to join me again and again in my Moments Of. Hey, welcome to another episode of Mike's Moment Of. No, I can't even believe it. We're at episode 24. Uh, it feels like I just started this podcast thing. Anyway, I'm, I'm really happy that we're at this far. Um, and there's so much more to do, so many more people to talk with. But today, we are talking about writing. Why? Why are we talking about writing? Because I wrote a book. And it's called Mike's Pocket Performance Pointers. Now, performance here is talking about stage performance, singers, vocalists, stagecraft. Um, so, you know, why? Why? Why write a book about this stuff? You know, where where did it start? So, as many of you might already know, I'm a performer, I'm a singer, and a musician. And um, my background, in my background, is a lot of performing, actually. Even from I was in prep school, from I was, you know, well, what some of you will call elementary school. But um, I, I was in a performing arts group called Little People and Teen Players Club, and then uh, a company called Ashe, and then went to study. Um, I didn't go to study performance though, strangely enough, because I'd been performing for such a long time. Uh, but I went to Berkeley and did performance labs because I was a vocalist there. So with these performance labs, you know, that was the first time I was really presented with performance as a, something you could teach in a, in a very real way, a very tangible way, you know. You know, the, the various elements that make a good performance, the kind of preparation that goes into it, the way you have to think about it to, to present it in a particular way that resonates with your audience. And uh, after that, I performed with Holiday on Ice as a vocalist, using a lot of those techniques. And when I came back from that, I returned to Jamaica, and I was coaching and teaching Ashe and Little People again, you know, the groups that I started out in. And so I kind of introduced them to that concept, you know, the thing of, of coming in a group or a class, doing a performance, being critiqued adjusting the things, the, the various elements that you've been critiqued on, doing it again to refine it, and then being critiqued and so forth. And some of this is discussed in the book. But I want to talk about this process of writing the book. And in this podcast today, I'm going to let you hear from some other people in my circle um, who have gone through this process their, and their own process uh, of writing their own books, for the most part self-publishing and also um another person who helped to design the book not help she designed the book she designed the look of the book um and so uh let's talk about the process all right how did it start how did it start with coming up with this book of performance pointers and the whole point of the book is really uh stuff that sometimes we take for granted uh in terms of how to think about our performance how to prepare for a performance uh what to do while we're executing the performance um, things that help to translate to a more professional performance rather than something that's kind of amateurish. 
uh, or not well done. You know, little tips and tricks to help you remember stuff, uh, to help cement things in your in your mind before you step on the stage, and to help you feel comfortable before you go on stage. So, this started out with once I had returned to to Jamaica, to the the various requests I had gotten for workshops and for teaching because I uh, maybe a year or so after I returned I started teaching at Edna Manley College and I also had lots of calls for workshops with choirs or with performing arts groups different things like this um, about singing and about performing and then soon after those things happened I also started working with the Digital Rising Stars as their coach for the performers for the show and so it started out with some of these workshops and I had to just start out by writing, you know, the topics, topics that I wanted to cover. So they're really just headlines, you know, they're headings, they're topic titles. And um, I had those, I had those working with for years. I just go and I'd try and cover, you know, as many of those topics in the workshop as possible with, you know, with exercises and with examples and, you know, explanations, etc. And eventually, I think it was Michael Hogate and Conrad Wilson who said, you should write a book. You should turn that into a book. And I'd never really thought about writing a book about that. I mean, I thought about writing a book of, fic- of fiction and other things like that. Um, but so, yeah, so I, then I started just writing a little essay, a little paragraph on each thing. And I'd use Holgate and Wilson as my sounding board, sendings back and forth. And, um, and then just kind of expand as I went along. Um, a lot of it was either on my laptop or sometimes I'd transfer it to my phone and, and I'd, you know, be writing little notes on my phone and adding to it as I went along. And uh, a couple of years ago, I was like, okay, really, I need to put this book out now. And so I just tried to complete all those things and see what was missing um, and fill in the gaps in, in, you know, in terms of what I thought and what um, other people thought what might be missing from the book. And did that, and I sat on it for a couple of years. <laughs> I didn't do nothing with it. Um, I, maybe I was afraid. I don't know. You know, you know the usual thing. Where you know, I'm thinking, oh, who wants to hear what I have to say? The usual thing. I mean, I've said this so many times in so many episodes. You know, it's, that's my my that's my big issue. <laughs> who wants to hear what I have to say? Uh, but you know, I've at some point, and I think it might have been this year, it might have been late last year. I I came to the decision. It's like you know what, it doesn't matter if no one wants to hear what you have to say, because there might be people who do, but it doesn't matter. Either way, it doesn't matter. Just put the stuff out. Put your, you know, stop stop denying yourself this this fulfilling creative output that you're wanting to do, and then, you know, the self-doubt creeps in. So fine. I'm, I'm pushing myself beyond that, beyond the, the crippling self-doubt and over-analyzing and stuff. So I said, yes, let's do it. Good. So the next thing though was to kind of organize the book, um, the essays, because that's how it started out, into chapters, into into uh, and into a cohesive flow. So kind of looking at the, the various chapters and saying which which ones belong with which, um, because I really hadn't written them in any particular order. Um, I just I was just trying to cover all the information that I knew needed to be covered. And then a kind of structure kind of presented itself. And so we, we kind of grouped them in that way and ordered them in a particular way. And from there, again, we looked at it and said, okay, what's missing? 
and you know an introduction was missing and another thing was missing you know for it to feel complete so I went about and wrote those things wrote the introduction um, to kind of give a holistic concept of what the book is about and did that then it had to get you know layout was next really because I mean there's several ways you could do the book I suppose you could do just text um, but you want it I want it to look attractive and you know the person I know to do that was Maya Wilkinson uh, she had worked on Conroy Wilson and Michael Holgate's book, uh, their GPA um, empowerment GPA book, and it was beautiful. You know, it was so colorful, all the illustrations, etc. So, spoke with Maya, and she was like, "Yes, let's do it. Let's go." So, so we did. We 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 started, and she came up actually fairly quickly. She came up with that concept. You know, I kind of suggested the kind of colors that I liked that I'd like to see. And then she, you know, she just went to town and it was awesome. She sourced, you know, all these images and she, you know, she designed it in terms of the layout and the look of it. It was really, really beautiful. And then again, back to sound, soundboard, you know, kind of, you know, sending it to a couple of people and going, okay, what do you think? What needs to be changed? So there were some pictures of, of people who were probably stock images that you would, that, that you could find, that you could buy uh, or lease to use. And so I said, let's make the, let's replace these. So with Michael Holgate, Ifidel Williams, and Conroy's help, um, we, we, we got some pictures taken of some of the members of Ashe. Pedro Thomas took the photos and edited them. Yeah, some beautiful pictures were taken and replaced those images. And so when I sent those images to Maya, she was like, wait, I'm going to have to redo the whole layout because now I have more ideas. So she went, again, went to town, rearranged some things and took out some stuff. And the the book really, really came together then. And then while this was going on, um, you know, the people, the various people I'd show it to, because, okay, there's some typos here, typos there. So I asked my friend Fabian Thomas, and you're going to hear from him, him as well, to, to proofread and my other friend Neela Ebanks, who you've heard from before in the mindfulness episode, um, improv as mindfulness episode. Both her and Fabian kind of proofread and, and kind of guided me there, you know, with stuff that... Either was, you know, little mistakes of words repeated or, or you know, it maybe could have, a sentence could have been phrased better, that kind of stuff. And it was all a bit of a process because even though after the process of writing and putting together the book, I really didn't want to, to do the, the proofreading part. It just felt like overload to me. It's kind of like when you work long on a, on a song, on a recording, and then you have to mix it as well. Or, you know, it's nice to get fresh airs to mix it sometimes. Uh, sometimes it's only you can do it. But um, it, it, you know, it's nice to get a different opinion and a, a fresh look at the, at the work you've been, the stuff you've been working on, and that was amazing. That really helped. So that process took a few weeks, um, or maybe a couple of months, of refining and and going back and forth to make sure everything was the way it was supposed to look and sound and flow. And so yeah, we we, we went there, and then <laughs> and then I had a book. <laughs> <laughs> it feel like a, it's not. It wasn't that easy a process. I mean, it was. It wasn't hard, but it was just you know it took a while because we're, everybody's doing so much stuff. So it's to find the time. Boy, you know, I think if it wasn't for the the quarantining and stuff, I probably wouldn't have finished it now. Um, and so I'm, you know, for me that was a plus because uh, I had the time to kind of concentrate on it. And so even after that process of getting Fabian and Neela to look at the book. Um, I still had to take the time and go through and put in the corrections. And then once, once Maya 
made the adjustments. I had to go back now and compare what the corrections were and to be sure she hadn't missed anything because it's easy to miss things, every, you know, for anybody. So you had to go back and forth. And so it was a kind of a bit of a, of a process there. Um, and then... So, yeah, once we had that manuscript and she was like, okay, final PDF and stuff, because it was kind of a, an image-laden book in a sense because of the design, the, the colorful, beautiful design. Uh, so PDF was the way to go. So, you know, I, I had researched, you know, well, well, and I use the word research very lightly. I, <laughs> I had done some Google searches, let's say, uh, on, you know, the best way to, to, to self-publish. And, you know, I'd, I'd seen an, a website, uh, some kind of a, a, you know, evaluation, a kind of listing, review, whatever, I'm, I'm not sure what you call it, um, advice, that, that put it in two ways. You know, you could go with the, the, the Kindle kind of exclusive, Amazon exclusive stuff, or you could go through aggregates that send it to different places. Now, the thing that the clincher for me was the fact that, that Amazon had the biggest market share anyway. So going with them, even if it's for a short time, exclusive seemed to make more sense, you know, because I think they might do more in terms of pushing your book, that kind of thing. So I decided to go on all aspects of the of the Amazon thing. So I uploaded it uh, as a as a PDF to Kindle, um, which I think is KDP dot uh, com, Kindle Direct Kindle Direct Publishing, and then through that, then I could also upload a manuscript for for print on demand, which is great, so, you know, because I was like, wow, now no, do I have to go and get books printed since I'm self-publishing? Um, but this was a way around that. And I might still print some books, but um, with this, you you upload the cover and you upload your manuscript to a, to a specified, to specified dimensions. And when someone goes on the site, they can just, they can order it and they'll, they'll print it on demand. You know, so as they order it, they'll print a copy and, and mail to them, which is awesome. And then the next thing was, I think it's acx.com, which is for Audible. I know Audible is part of Amazon as well, and Amazon isn't paying me for this. I'm just telling you what my process. Um, so Audible, as a, as a self-published book as well, being the, the, the author as well as a narrator. And so I went through that process then of um, recording each chapter in the book, you know, you know, the same way I record this podcast, you know, for, for most parts, yeah, I broke out logic and kind of had my manuscript with me and just read through each chapter of the book on a separate track. I created some theme music for certain parts of it and like some entry chimes or whatever, uh, jingles or stingers, they're not, they're not really stingers, but, um, you know, for, for the beginning of the chapters. And now this process, the recording of it was fine. But there's so many, there's so many different things that you have to get right in the submission process, and the submission process takes a while. Now for the, for the Kindle, for the Kindle thing, it was almost, it was, I think it was almost like 24 hours or something, and it was already there available on Kindle. For the print as you print on demand, um, it was like maybe three or four days that it took after I put it up and then after the four days and it came back and told me, okay, you need to adjust your manuscript um, so that the images go further out and take off the, because I used the, a thing that they call the bleed, um, a bleed manuscript, which has like lines, guides for colors and lines and to line up stuff. So I said, remove all of that and extend your image a bit more and then re redo it. 
which I had to do. So as after a week, and you know, I got back to Maya, and she made those adjustments. Thank God for Maya, because she's so responsive and she's doing. I mean, she's doing a lot of stuff. She she does her own stuff. She's you know, she's a playwright. She's doing things for corporate people and and other artists and musicians and the theater company. The the company that she that she works with, which is Quilt. Um, so she's doing a lot, you know, and um, so. I'm I'm glad that she was this responsive whenever I asked her for changes because, you know, um, she she kind of helped me out a lot in that regard. Um, yeah, so she'd come back with the you know with the with the adjusted thing and I'd upload it and and then finally that one worked. So and then I think by the evening or the next day they're like, okay, it's live and it's available. So so the Kindle version was there, the print on demand version was there, and a week before that I'd uploaded all of my audio files. And artwork for the audio for the audible uh, ebook um, audiobook. Uh, so and and then with the ACX is going to audible, it's going to Amazon and it's going to iTunes as an audiobook. And all know, you know, I mean, <laughs> all know I haven't I haven't received uh, something affirmative to say yes, it's been approved. It's been in you know, it's been in audio file approval phase for over a week. And I guess it's kind of like if you're if you're sending sending a, your, your song to iTunes or whatever, it takes a week. But, I mean, it's been more than a week. I mean, it sometimes it takes more. So I guess that's where we're at. Um, so hopefully soon, you know, that will be available on on uh, Audible. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. So, no, so we had this. And then Maya, again, was just amazing. She says, oh, I'll create some social media things for you and she's been doing that she's just brilliant so i mean they all, all of them look good she did a mock-up of the book and he's really nice e uh, e invitation for the launch which I, I mean if you listen to this on the date's released then the launch will be the next day which is my birthday uh the 28th of july um if you're listening to it after you missed the launch guys um but anyway <laughs> so yeah so she she just i mean very responsive and and quick and and her work is impeccable you know it's just Stella, so, so she she did these these images and uh, and social media things, and then I contacted another friend of mine, Lyndon Taylor, who works in marketing and PR, and so he's helping me now with the launch, and hopefully eventually as well, uh, I'll try and get him to help me with marketing the book. Um, so there's all these different phases you might want to think about because sometimes it's like a a song on iTunes. If you have something on iTunes, it's great that you have something on iTunes, but if the people who are going to buy it don't know about it, then it's just going to stay there. You know, I mean, a lot of times your friends are go, yeah, yeah, release this, release that, release, but they don't buy your stuff. Uh, and it depends on the community they're in. They won't buy the stuff, but there's other people who will. Um, so you have to let them know it exists. If they don't know it exists online for sale, then they're not going to buy it. There's not, you know. So the marketing is a, is a oft neglected, but a very important part of this process. So, I want to share some of the the, the, the stories um, from other people of their processes. First, let's hear from Maya on her process in terms of what her thoughts are when she first approaches designing the book, you know, the work that she does. So this is Maya Wilkinson. Hello, so my name is Maya Wilkinson. I'm a writer, director and multimedia artist. And one of the things I really enjoy doing is working with other creatives to I guess bring their visual ideas to life so a lot of what I do in terms of multimedia art is create visuals for theatrical shows um, and branding for those same shows 
which you know and then for the show itself it might include something like a digital set design or a backdrop um and of course you know the branding the posters flyers any other material visual material that might be needed um i do work with with you know corporate and other types of of clients but there is a special place in my heart for projects that are related to theater and the arts and so when michael asked me to work with him to create this book design it was definitely one of my more favorite projects um because of the type of content and you know it was very cool to get a early sneak preview or well more than a preview because i was able to technically read the entire book um as i went through to kind of feel through what could bring the information and the the guidance in the book to life um but it was very fun and my interpretation of the book sort of led me to create something bright and colorful that i feel kind of universally would i i guess attract all kinds of uh, musical performers um and you know just something to to catch the eye generally you know to to convince people to pick the book up and give it a, a read um so you know it was it's my me putting the design together was a lot about making the book marketable of course but also making it an enjoyable read so once we we catch the eye the guidance and information in the book that is so well written by michael i tried my best to to translate the book in terms of the wording and the content to what i thought was like a, a visual representation of of the energy and the vibe and the you know the information itself i had a lot of fun creating the book um i'm very excited to see how it goes and to get my own physical printed copy and actually read it as a full finished product so yeah Hey Maya, thank you. Thanks for that. Um, Maya is, uh, as I, I think I might have mentioned before, like she she's a playwright and she does graphic design. She works with theater, and I'm gonna put her links, um, the link to her YouTube channel and to her website, in the notes. Um, yes, because you, if you go to her YouTube <laughs> YouTube channel, you'll see one of the, one of the plays that she's written and she's kind of serialized it in different episodes on her YouTube channel. Uh, it's called The Heist. But um, okay, so I'm, we're gonna hear from Michael Holgate and Conroy Wilson now on, well, Michael first on his writing process generally, and then Conroy on this process with the Empowerment GPA. All right, so here we go. Uh, for me, the writing process feels very much like communicating with spirit. Why do I say that? Because uh, it's a process of interacting with my dreams, my ideas, things that just come to me. Uh, people say things to me. I watch something on a show and I hear music and all of these things impact on me. All of these things influence what I am working on. So the basic idea is that I structure an, a, a, a space for my writing. I have a basic topic, I have a basic or basic themes and I have a sense of where I want to go, then I just pay attention. I pay attention to whatever is happening around me. I pay attention to different ideas that are coming in. And I say, okay, this relates to that, which I'm focusing on, or this is 
a good idea to work through in this particular way. And sometimes it's just that something just snaps and I just get it, a song, an idea, a thought, a feeling, and I just keep on adding and adding and adding to whatever it is that I'm working on. Sometimes it might feel totally unrelated, but once it snaps into my head as something worth thinking about, I jot it down. And that's the most important part of my writing process is that I keep on jotting it down. My phone is like my diary. Uh, so I used to do a lot of scribbling and writing and jotting down in a diary when I was younger. And now uh, I do it in the phone, my memo pads on my phone. So it's filled with stuff all the way through. And it's all about writing for me. I primarily see myself as a writer. So even if I am choreographing a dance or if I'm uh, directing a show, working on something for film, I it's all about writing. I just keep writing. I keep jotting down my ideas because writing gives me an, upper, uh, an opportunity to structure my thoughts. I tell people all the while, if you call me on the phone, you might not get me. If you WhatsApp me and send me a text message, I will respond within three to five minutes, maybe three to five seconds. <laughs> because I just, uh, as, a, as an introvert, I naturally prefer to write. It's, it's the way that I structure my ideas. And so writing my ideas down to get to a written product is it's a foregone conclusion but yeah that's just the way it works for me so i keep jotting down ideas and then afterwards i structure them i bring them together so i've written a novel by the um name of night of the indigo it was very interesting how that happened I was thinking that there ought to be something called a Caribbean science fiction, fantasy fiction genre. And I just decided to write. I said, why is it that, you know, we have Harry Potter, we have various types of fiction. And one of my favorite uh, genres, whether it's in film or in stories, books, etc., is Caribbean. It's, it's, it's fantasy fiction, science fiction. And I wasn't really finding a lot of that around. So I just decided to start writing. And of course we have Obia, we have in the Caribbean, we have Voodoo, we have uh, Rolling Calf, we have Doppies, we have so many of those different types of things. And I thought it just makes sense, you know? So I started writing in that genre. And as I did, interestingly, I got to about three chapters in this book and one day I was going through the newspapers and I saw this ad for uh, Writers Needed. And when I read, you know, the fine print, interestingly, it needed writers who were uh, focusing on Caribbean science fiction, fantasy fiction. It was just mind-blowing how, you know, that just seemed to fall in place. And so I sent in, uh, I sent in a proposal or rather, I just sent in uh, the first three chapters which I'd been working on and the response that I got was like wow you know and so that was my first inkling that this thing that I was writing and working on was good this is it night of the indigo and so I completed this book over a process of about almost a year spent some time in Indonesia with my mentor uh, Mike Morrissey he provided a white space 
uh, literally and figuratively speaking. I was there in Indonesia and I was just writing, writing, writing and sending in chapters to my editor and I got it done. Uh, when I'm writing a production, if I'm writing a play for, uh, for theatre, I generally do the same thing, jot down my ideas in my phone and for theatre, for the most part, I do musical theatre. So I'm writing songs and I'm writing lines, I'm writing uh, dialogue and little bits and pieces of what uh, of things that people would say will impact me. And I said, wow, that just, you know, that just fits right into this uh, conversation or this dialogue or, um, you know, whatever it is that I'm working on. And then in addition to that, I do a lot of research. So if I'm working on a piece, if I'm working on a production like Garvey the Musical, for example, um, I would do research, I do interviews, I do a lot of readings, I read all, all the books written about, well not all, but you know, books written about or by Marcus Garvey through his wife and um, interviewed people, interviewed Rupert Lewis, uh, who is a foremost Garvey scholar, Garveyite Garvey scholar, interviewed uh, Stephen Golding, interviewed uh, Jelani Naya, but it's, it's I just inter I, I, I feel led by the spirit. Spirit tells me, go and interview this person, go and interview that person. And that's what I do. And I'll interview people and then I'll check and I'll do some, uh, a sense of, all right, who should I interview based on people who have written about Garvey? So of course, a little Google searching conversations where people might lead me to another conversation with somebody else. Somebody might say, oh, you need to go and speak to that person because that person knows more than I do about this part of this situation or this aspect of Garvey. And so that's what I, I did, and that's what I do. So every single production that I've done, well, certainly in the last five to 10 years, five to eight years, uh, would have been heavily researched in that way through interviews, through readings, textual analysis, and that type of stuff. And then I write, you know, ideas come to me, and then I jot down those ideas, and then I start structuring them. It's the structuring that makes it work. And then you get to a, a sense of, Okay, so what is the story that wants to be told? And who is telling this story? Uh, don't take it for granted that the person who the story is about is the person who is telling the story. So for example, in Garvey, the story is not necessarily told by Garvey, but by the bleach out youth who wanted to know who Garvey was, or maybe didn't want to know who Garvey was. And then uh, in addition to that, you know, it was being told by ancestral spirits who were looking for someone to relate to who could relate to this uh, new set of human beings on the planet with black skin. And so that is how I write. Uh, if I'm writing a song, I'll just start, a melody might come to me and uh, sometimes I sing nonsense words, means nothing, but the melody line is what's important. And then I, I change, because writing is rewriting, so I'll change the words to suit the, I change the words to suit the context when I rewrite. So, you know, I think like, for example, a song like when I started writing Garvey, I said, I read something about him asking, where is the black man's country? Where is the space for the black man? Where is the space for black identity? Where are the black man's gods? You know, everything felt like a, 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 a 
tying into whiteness and white supremacy and the idea of European superiority. And when I saw that, the idea just came. I was in Megamart, I think, and the question was, where is the black man's country? Why does he have to be at the bottom of the barrel from mountain to sea? And, you know, so, all right, so I went off a little bit there. But, you know, that the idea is that the, the, the thoughts came and a melody came and I started writing. No matter where it was, I just took up my phone, whipped up my phone, went into a voice note thing and I started singing. And I just kept on adding and adding and adding. So writing is rewriting. Writing is adding on to. Writing is about getting your thoughts out in the most effective, efficient way possible for you. And that's my first little talk on my writing and how I write. Thanks, Mike. Uh, so, I mean, you get the sense of, of the, the first stage is just kind of getting your ideas down on paper um, before you can even structure anything, just as they come to you, as you're led to speak to this person or that person, uh, or as, you know, different types of inspiration present themselves to you and spark these ideas and you, you write them down or you record them in your phone. I mean, whatever is easiest and at hand, you know, so you're not losing, you're not losing the idea, the, the ideas that come to you. And then once you have them in some kind of a tangible form, then you're going to start to to kind of structure them and organize them and kind of make sense of them, really. So yeah, thanks a lot, Michael. Um, so I'm going to put a link to, to, uh, to Night of the Indigo in the in the notes and then we're gonna hear now from conroy wilson who was the co-author with again with michael for the um your employment gpa so we'll hear about that process and i'll also put a link for that um because it's on kindle as well um in the notes all right so here's conroy wilson so Michael Holgate and I are always talking empowerment. Um, it's something that we grew up with and it's something that we continue to work with each other on. In many ways, we serve as accountability partners. So the writing of the book, um, Your Empowerment GPA, um, came out of a series over time of those conversations um, and workshops that we would have been doing. Uh, we would have just been jotting down and the points, um, the steps, the, the ideas, the, the kind of aha moments that, you know, have come to us, our learnings from working on ourselves, from working with others, from facilitating workshops throughout the Caribbean um, with various groups uh, of young people, of teachers, of social workers, of parents. So it's a combination of all of that. So. Um, we would jot down, you know, we'd be talking and, and, and he'd say something and he'd jot it down and I would say something and he'd jot it down and then we kind of pulled that framework together and outlined together and uh, discussed how each of the segments um, would come together, uh, what were the key elements of this empowerment um, kind of theory of sorts, um, the G for grounding, the P for platform, the A for audience. Um, and so he pulled together a frame and then we'd back and forth with the writing of that um, uh, to, come to, to come to the final product. Um, I kind of review what we would have said um, and what we didn't say and he would pull it together and um, put it in the format that is in now. We then send it to um, Maya Wilkinson, um, fabulous illustrator, graphic artist, creative artist, um, and she kind of did some of the illustrations uh, shared with us. 
then we went ahead to you know get it published um self-published uh, got it on amazon um but strategically because it's what we do because it's the work that we do generally both as individuals both um in our organization the organizations that we that we both run ashe um and even in our our, our lecturing, Michael um, heads of Philip Sherlock Center for the uh, Creative Arts. I was lecturing at the university um, and uh, some other places. And so uh, we found, we used it as an opportunity because it was what we basically believe and taught to be a platform for getting that off and and up in terms of its marketing. So we have our social work, our work with the Ministry of of health um, across the country um, in even the national HIV program we have always um, purported from day one that um, empowerment comes first that if you empower um, someone then all the choices all the choices about health and their lifestyle um, safe sex etc etc and treating caring for themselves um, in the event they um, contract any STIs is also a part of empowerment and so what we have done is we have used um, um, our work as a platform to uh, be able to um, get the book out there. We have partnered with a lot of corporate entities who um, do work along the same vein with their uh, employees so we have strategically partnered uh, with them to say you know we'd like to share this empowerment work with you so they've kind of looked at um, getting it for their staff session their staff motivational you know teams their sales teams um, their kickoff teams we have partnered with a, a church community who um, used the book, you know, as a series, Universal Center of Truth for Better Living, um, as a, one of their lesson, church lesson series, uh, because this empowerment cuts across and cuts through everything. Um, we've partnered with um, the Ministry of Education in the training of their teachers um, and how to use various innovative approaches in looking at themselves first. Because the big thing about your empowerment GPA that it's more about looking at you and how you are able to uh, navigate this whole world every day, your everyday choices, and ensure that the choices that you make are choices that are empowering you. And if you are operating from that empowered space, then it's more likely and it's easier for you to be able to provide that empowerment to the people who you work with. So um, our marketing of it has been from that particular perspective we have also been using the platform of the other um, organizations and entities that we are part of um, I've used the platform of um, rising stars because what we do with these young people when we meet them and support them in training is empowerment what we do with all of our members um, at Ashe for training is empowerment. What you do in the school day-to-day -day is empowerment. So it's always useful to strategically align your, your work, your book, um, with organizations, entities, um, persons who have the same interest, the interest in uh, finding a, 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 easy is not the right word, maybe a simple methodology for how they can live their best life now. Um, in every moment, with every decision, even in the midst of everything else that is going on uh, today.
Yes, so we have made the book also available at um, in the bookstores, uh, Sangsters in um, it was in Kingston Bookshop. It's at the Universal Center of Truth um, for Better Living, um, and every um, workshop training that we present at um, is an opportunity to be able to um, promote the book, um, sell the book. We are now in the stage of looking at the. Um, the uh, audio book version of it. Uh, in addition to that, uh, when we travel um, with the company, we have partnered with the Universal Foundation for Better Living, an organization out of Miami Gardens, Florida, who believes in the empowerment of um, people generally to live healthy, happy, and prosperous lives. And each year they would have a yearly conference. So we have partnered and presented at that yearly conference and had some of the books sold there. And because Universal Foundation for Better Living is also an association of um, New Thought churches, study groups, satellite centers um, across the world, um, we've also extended the opportunity to each of these ministries to be able to use the book in their ministry um, for empowerment sessions. Uh, to be able to also increase the look at the, the reach of it and the marketing of it and the sale of it uh, at the end of the day. Um, we have Facebook, YouTube uh, pages that we continue to post things from. So we, we, we become known kind of like as the empowerment guys. Um, that's Michael and I. And we continue to operate from that platform because it's a part of who we are. Thanks, Conroy. Yeah, that's a lot of really valuable information right there. I mean, when you really try to encapsulate all that he has said, I mean, it's really about being strategic. That's a, that's a, the word that kept jumping out for me. Being So you kind of need to be aware of, of what you've written and who, who might be interested in, in it, who it might benefit, um, and, and how you can partner with people. Uh, to get the word out about your book or about to you know to, to get sales for your book or to to do workshops on the information that's in your book depending on the kind of book that you've written and um, that example with the empowerment GPA is a is a wonderful one because they've done so many different things I mean there's so many different suggestions and from from what they have done you can now look at your community and the people that you're involved in and the people that you know and see how you can now uh, network and and collaborate and partner with people uh, with your product with your book. Uh, thanks a lot, Conroy. Okay, so now I want to to hear from Fabian Thomas. Now Fabian is one of the people who who was a proofreader with my book, but Fabian has his own book out as well. So I want us to hear from Fabian. Fabian is also in theatre. He's a writer. He's a director. Uh, he, he does workshops and life coaching various different things and I put his links again in the notes for the podcast if you want to, to know more about Fabian but uh, let's hear from him now alright so I have to admit for me the um, Amazon process was pretty easy well setting up setting up and going through the, the motions of filling out the stuff online to set up your author's account and all that stuff was quite easy the big challenge was the formatting um, because it's a it's a weird it's an AI artificial intelligence that's giving you feedback on what doesn't work, and so there are very some specific margins and bordering and and other stuff. So that was a a bit um, challenging 
and frustrating because you you you, you kept uploading and then you think it's fine and then a day later you get feedback saying oh this page and this page and this page and sometimes it wasn't clear to me what they were trying to say thankfully my graphic designer um cloud spans um they they kind of understood so i just handed it over to them after struggling with it i said this is what they're sending to me and i have many screenshots of 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 the comments i was getting and we thought it was it was it was close yeah so that was that was frustrating because we went through several dispensations and corrections and fixing and thinking this was you know and then some of the language they understood so it made it easier um, in terms of the page borders and other things and um, the, the guttering in the middle and all this stuff. So that that back and forth went on for a while. Um, for the Kindle version, um, the same thing. So at first I was thrown by the, the, the lettering, spacing and formatting looked completely askew on um, the Kindle version for me. So we had to do some adjust and, adjustments and tweaks. Um, and then I gathered that um, it would look like that either on my phone or laptop, I don't remember. But So that process didn't take as long, but at first I was daunted by how it looked when I uploaded it you know, to the Kindle system and then looked at it. There are a lot of gaps in the pages, and then I, I learned that some of the design and formatting on the original version would not show up on Kindle, and therefore there was some display thing. And we sorted that out. Interestingly, I haven't gotten any feedback from anybody who got the Kindle version. So I'm curious. I have no idea what it looks like, which is probably bad, right? Well, I have the physical copy, Fabian. So hopefully after hearing this, some people will give you some feedback on the Kindle version. Uh, and I neglected to say that um, Fabian's book is, is titled New Thoughts, New Words. A collection of gratitude verses, affirmations, and spoken word. It's by Fabian M. Thomas. So you can look for that on Kindle uh, and on Amazon. Uh, but Fabian had more to say. And so I guess my other comment would be there's something incredibly satisfying and empowering about writing a book. Um, yeah, there's a because it's a you know it's an innate you know where we're cut from the cloth of spirit you know one mind and the one power that is the source of all substance and creativity and there's something all of us are creative everybody has that ability and power in them but there's something in taking yourself through the rigors of a process and then you know not overthinking and trusting yourself and believing in your talent and ability to write it down to get it to get it out of you onto a page or onto a computer and then go through your process of editing and fine-tuning and all of that stuff and i'll never forget you know when i held the first printed copy in my hand you know because they print that that dummy copy that first copy for you to approve for mass printing and I just held it and looked at it and turned it over in my hand and I smelt it, I hugged it because this was a real tangible thing that was now in the world that I had created. And it was incredibly powerful, satisfying, but also humbling. There was something for me, there was a beauty and a grace in that moment. And I think it's an important thing for anybody who is a creative, and we all are, but people who are creatives in their soul, where we write songs or write books or, you know, put your expertise on paper, um, you know, put your poetry on paper, you know, get do a chat book, do a short book, and and you can self-publish. And then, you know, you can look at getting now another publisher. So that's the phase I'm on now. You know, I'm about to turn New Thought, New Words into an audiobook. 
and you know with, the, with all the inactivity and time in COVID-19 I have three book ideas working on and a script that's been in my head and consciousness and imagination for I'm going to say like 10 years and so one book I'm, I'm actively working on it so there's 18 chapters and um, I'm, I'm six chapters in and I, um, I'm doing a thing where I'm voicing it and somebody's transcribing for me because it's a memory. It's things that happened in my life. Um, so it's an exciting and beautiful thing. And I'm really excited for you, Mike. Really, really excited. Um, because you are such a, a wonderful teacher and your, your vast experience in the world outside of Jamaica, but also within Jamaica with little people and Ashe and, and as a soloist and a teacher, it's so important. Um, you know, to put your voice in the mix and put your words in the mix. So big up yourself. I'm excited. Bless you. Thank you, Fabian. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, as Fabian was talking about the audiobook, and I think Conroy mentioned as well that they're going through that process for your empowerment GPA. So I, I want to just go a little bit on, on this process because uh, if, if Fabian was having, you know, issues with um, the print thing uh, on Kindle, um, you know, with the sizing and all those things, you know, there's a process for the audiobook as well for Audible. Um, and and the, when you upload, and I think it's uh, acx.com is a is a website, and through that they will go to Audible, Amazon, and iTunes. So there, there's a long list of criteria that you need to fulfill for the for the things to be okay. So I had my files, I've recorded them, and you know, they can't be too loud and the noise can't be too much on the track, can't be too soft. Um, you know, there have to be a particular, there are specifics for the type of MP3 that you have to export. And so I was up, uploading these about, I think maybe about 18 tracks for the, for the book and three of the tracks just didn't fulfill the thing because as you upload them, they kind of analyze them. Uh, and I just had to keep going back to the drawing board and adjusting stuff. And I suppose maybe I could have really like kind of laid them all out and kind of done a proper mastering of them. And maybe that would have taken care of it. But yeah, these three tracks just took me like a couple of hours to be going back and forth to fix, upload, change again, fix, upload, change, back and forth. And so now even after it's gone through and said, yes, it's accepted all of these and I put in the, the uh, artwork, Still no, it's, you know, pending audio review. So it's it's a process and you're gonna have to be patient. Okay, so now I want us to hear from my good friend, Corrine Brown, who is a, a singer. She's a, She sings backgrounds for a lot of like big reggae artists and she's writing songs of her own as well. Um, and she also does illustrations. She's kind of self-taught with the illustrations, even though she wanted to study, but she'll tell you about that. And she decided to write books for kids. Um, soon after she had her, her, her daughter, you know, and so let's hear from Corrine. Hi, Mikey. So um, initially, I never considered myself a writer, but as soon as I had my daughter, big up yourself, Skyla, um, I thought about gifting her uh, books. So I thought about creating a character that resembled her, that uh, the experiences that we have as a family, uh, I could put them in writing and gift them to her for say Christmas or birthdays or so on. So that's how I came up with the idea for the books initially. I also did two activity books um, along with the reading book that I have for her. 
Uh, I didn't see a lot of black girls on the covers of any of the books that I went searching for on Amazon. So I thought, hey, I'll make a character, something looking like her, um, and put it on the cover for the, of these things, and of course, put her name on it. So this was my gift to her. So it's mommy to daughter. Um, now, publishing the books, I have absolutely no, well, I had no idea about publishing. Um, few people I spoke to, publishing seemed like it was out of reach for me. My pocket couldn't manage, so I went on YouTube searching for publishing um, options, free publishing options, and I realized that there was Amazon, so I tried, went online, re-read everything. Right, so I read everything I could read about um, Amazon and the taxes and all of those things. And then I thought, hmm, why not try? So I put all three of them on Amazon. Um, but based on what, based on the returns that Amazon gives, I have started uploading my books on Lulu's now. So I switched from Amazon to Lulu's, but I'm making the switch from Amazon to Lulu. So it's just, it's trial, it, it, it turned into trial and error for me. So it's like, okay, Amazon is not working out financially um, for me. So Lulu's seems like a better option. So I still don't have it all together, but I'm doing the best that I can. I've, I've also always been a lover of art since I was a child. So I did art in CXE in high school. Initially, when I came to Edna Manley, I wanted to go to art school. Registration was closed at the time. And I said, you know what, I'm not sitting out a whole year and stay at home and do nothing. So that's how I started going to music school instead. So I always loved art. Um, from my search on um, Amazon, from my search on YouTube, I realized that, hey, I could actually illustrate these books by myself because paying somebody, again, money issues, paying somebody to um, do the illustrations for me would have costed me way too much money. So I said, you know what, Karine, come, let's go, let's do this. You can draw all these things out by yourself. So I bought myself a tablet and I started watching YouTube, like binge watching YouTube videos of how to do digital drawings. So that's what I did. And over time, it just got better and better and better and better. So here I am now. Thanks, Kareen. <laughs> yes, here you are now. Okay, so Kareen's books. Uh, the, the first one I think that I put out is called uh, My Curly Hair, The Curls of the Week Are. And uh, the other two are Skylar's Activity Book, one and two. Uh, so and it has with Jamaican Patwa compliments. And also in the book two, she's joined by her friend James. So you can check it out. It's still on Amazon, but check it out uh, on Lulu. I'll find those links and put them in. Um, you know, that might work out better for the for the author. So um, yeah. So now the, the, the last person we're going to hear from is a good friend, uh, Stephanie Hava Wallace. She's a singer, uh, songwriter, actress, an author, um, mother of two, and so much more, um, entrepreneur. So she has written a book called um, Diary of a Scorpion Lover. And so we want to hear from her on her process. I'm Stephanie Hava Wallace, author of Diary of the Scorpion Lover. And the process of writing and publishing my first book was a uh, 
surprisingly not a very arduous one and i guess i put that idea in my head that it would have been hard but like many things that we embark on when the time is right you know all the people and things and opportunities just tend to align for that thing to to manifest in a beautiful way and that was that of my first book so i first talk about the creative process which i learned so much about myself and about my creative process which is very dynamic and it's not static and it keeps changing and i love growing along with how with what i pick up along the way as i grow as a creative and so as i got into julia cameron's the artist way and through doing my morning pages i learned about free form or free flow writing which is how you do your morning pages so that's usually how i start out my pieces which i call my chapters i call them my pieces in my book i start out with just laying my ideas down with no structure um just i always want to get all that i'm thinking down so i just put you know my fingers to the laptop i was about to say pen to paper <laughs> and i just start and i go until i feel like i've I've gotten it all out and then I do a second phase of writing which goes through make sure that the story develop the storyline a little bit more develop the characters and then of course there's a third phase of writing which is fine-tuning and building on if there needs to be then I have a focus group of about three people I call them my unofficial developmental editors and they're writers in their own rights so they go through and they read and they give me valuable feedback on how i can develop the pieces more and how they can be more cohesive or if there's any unnecessary repetition stuff like that once i've applied that feedback it's i call up my editor and then we go into copy editing and formatting so once i'm in edit mode I can focus once I've released the book to my editor for editing I can now focus on the visual aspect of the book the book cover and I'm so fortunate to be you know friends and colleagues with a lot of Jamaica's finest creatives whether that be photographers graphic artists you know and I love to I I love to use local talent because you know it it just adds it shows what we're made of as Jamaicans in the creative space and my product is for the world and if I can if I can band with my brothers and sisters on the creative platform and to show what we're made of on the, the global stage then I want to do that and so that's what we do we come together we create a team and we bring the idea to fruition of what the book will look like now i'm so happy that create space which has now transferred into um which amazon now runs has created a great platform for um for new authors to self-publish and that's how i've you know for us to just bring our dreams of becoming an author to reality without going through the arduous process of shopping for an editor understand i've been you know hearing no and no and no maybe for how many years until you finally resonate with someone it takes all the guesswork and 
the rejection out of that and gives us the freedom to express as authors so i published on i published with i self-published with create space and you know that was not a very hard process for me once i got around the mechanics of the platform you know because they have guidelines and once you get into that it's very easy to to self-publish and to get your book and to get that first proof copy in your hand and to go through it and to just see your work it's i can't describe that feeling it was such a magical feeling for me so now i'm in the process of writing my second book which is diary of the scorpion lover volume two with a byline but i'm not going to tell you what that is yet <laughs> um i'm in the process of writing my second book and you know it's having already written and published my first book yeah i think i have a method now i think i have a format to work with and I, I know myself more as a writer i know what my best times are i know when i just need to you know put something down and get to my laptop because i'm in that space now and even if i'm not to just dedicate myself to getting the book from outside of my head and onto the pages because you know it's been three years since the release of my first book and my readers have been very anxious to to read what comes next for me and so i'm very excited about publishing my second book in november of this year 2020 and you know it's just been a, a great new a whole new world for me being an author and i'm looking forward to building a community of readers and fellow you know authors especially jamaican or caribbean author, authors i'm very 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 excited about all the prospects that lay ahead for me in the whole great big world of writing and being an author thanks stephanie uh, so you from what she said as well you can hear it's a similar process in terms of putting on your ideas and then trying to organize them in that way and then the process of, of you know the, the the various processes of of getting the stuff online and um conroy's part about the marketing is super super important uh so you can check out diary of the scorpion lover i'll put the link in you know like with everybody else's own and i hope you guys get a chance to check it out and we look forward stephanie to volume two coming up so tomorrow if you're listening to this the day it is released the day it goes live tomorrow i'll be doing a launch for my book uh so i hope you guys can join me we'll be streaming it live on facebook and on uh, YouTube. So it's facebook.com slash Michael Sean Harris. And it's S-E-A-N-M-I-C-H-A-E-L-S-E-A-N-H-A-R-R-I-S. And then it's youtube.com slash Sean, which is the last three letters in Michael, A-E-L, and then the middle name, Sean, S-E-A-N. So um, yeah, it's at 7.30 Central Standard Time. Uh, it shouldn't be very long. And um, yeah, it's my birthday as well, so we'll be kind of having a you know a little celebratory vibe, um, celebrating two things at once. Uh, thank you so much for joining me for this episode. This was really cool. You got a chance to meet some of my friends and the people that I know, and to get some stories of their processes. If you are someone who's thinking about you know writing or starting to write, or you're 
are writing, you kind of put it down for a little bit. Um, maybe this will inspire you to kind of do it uh, on your own way, in your own way, and on your own time. And um, yeah, and see how it see how it goes for you. So um, until next time, um, yeah, I'm Michael Sean Harris, and this is Mike's moment of later.